now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Whole Home Show. I'm Tony Joe, your host here every week, and we bring you tips, education, and updates on everything relating to your home. Whether you are in the real estate market or if you're not, if you're just thinking of doing things around your castle, your home, your property, this is a great place to be. Our show comes to you with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, J.P. Sellers, insurance advisor at Westland Insurance, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Silhouette Home Inspections with Pierre Beauvais. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give any of the whole Home Show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. You can find their contact information and mine by visiting cfax1070.com. Look under shows. There you'll find us, the whole Home Show with me, Tony, Joe. All of our contact information is there. Uh, or, as I say all the time, Google. Google us. Google the show. Google our team members. Just do a search. Uh, Google myself. Google me, Tony Joe. Tony Joe Real Estate, Prime Real Estate Team, Remax in Victoria. I know you find me because I hear from you every week. And I love it. I love hearing from our loyal CFAX listeners. I know the rest of our whole home show team members do as well, too. It really has been my privilege being here as the host of this program for six years now with hundreds of episodes with great guests. Uh, this is my little side job, though, because my daily job is helping people with their real estate needs, either buying or selling or investment, estate sales, trusts, a number of things. I've been doing it now for over 30 years. And I, you know, sometimes I feel like I've seen everything, but it's not entirely true because every week there's something new. That's one of the things we love about this industry. Speaking of which, by the way, if you're thinking about real estate as a career, that's also something that Remax Island Properties can help you out. Another supporter of this program. Remax Island Properties has offices in Victoria, Duncan, and Mill Bay. So if you are interested in a real estate career, uh, or if you are an experienced agent and you're looking to bring your business up to the next level with advanced training and global connections, contact Remax Island Properties. We're going to be having a conversation today with our show partner and supporter, Pierre Beauvais with Silhouette Home inspections, always great having him on this program because there's little nuggets of great information that we get from Pierre. Of course, he's the fella that's crawling around in crawl spaces, going up into attics, looking at the major systems of a home just to make sure that for buyer clients, they are not getting themselves uh, knee deep into problems because your house is your most valuable asset. And you want to make sure when you're making such a huge purchase that you're not making any mistakes. That's what Pierre does. Like I said, it's always great to have him here. Uh, as a reminder, folks, if you have a question or something you want to bring up to us in the program here, please reach out to us. Uh, send me a message, email, uh, whatever you fancy. Like I said, I love hearing from you and it helps me with some great content because the question that has existed on your mind probably is in the mind of other listeners as well, too. So uh, help us. Just give us a ring. Give us a call. Uh, my number, by the way, is 250-419-7439, 250-419-7439. And if you need to find that, you can visit the CFAX 1070 page. Um, 
we are talking with Pierre a little bit later today, but something that we are discussing today, because again, this has come up, uh, we are past the point where the market was crazy, where people were making offers without conditions. You might remember that a couple of years ago, it was multiple offers, bidding wars. People not only had to pay 50, 100, 300, $400,000 above list price, but they also didn't have the privilege or ability to have conditions in place. You know, the subject of financing, subject to building inspection, subject to lawyer review. People had to go in blind and make offers. Uh, it was a very difficult time. And if you're wondering why that existed, it's because there was an absolute shortage of inventory. There was nothing to buy combined with a huge demand as a result of the interest rates that were reduced because of, uh, you know, COVID and coming out of COVID, where the Bank of Canada and the government of Canada wanted to make sure that the economy was stimulated. And of course, real estate's always the place where that happens. The reason why it is the top of the news all the time, affordability, housing, all of these things, is because real estate truly does make the world go round. And if you're wondering what I mean by that, it's there are studies out there. Every real estate transaction generates a lot of economic activity in the marketplace. Now, I'm just not just talking about the realtors. Yes, the realtors earn remuneration. That is true. But there's a lot of other stuff, folks. There's property transfer tax. There's legal fees. There's uh, furniture companies, appliance companies, uh, renovation companies, painters, roofers, dra uh, storm drain cleaners, all these other ancillary businesses. When people move into their home, they feed those businesses. And as a result, real estate is a primary economic driver. Right. It is so important out there. And I, I you know, I don't want to underplay this. Sometimes people forget about this. Really, real estate is a huge, huge driver of the local economy. But anyways, just stepping back, what I was talking about was conditions and how we weren't able to have conditions at the time because of the fact that things were going crazy. As I said, the question comes up every once in a while. What are normal conditions. And the first, I want to preface this, by the way, folks, this is not advice I'm giving you here. You should be chatting with your own agent, your own licensee, uh, or somebody who is experienced in the realm of real estate. I'm just giving you some examples right now, okay? Um, conditions. What is a subject condition? Well, basically, it is a... Um, it's a clause that is inserted into an agreement, and it's your way of saying, if I can't satisfy this condition, I am not obligated to move forward. It's kind of like your back door. It enables you to, to walk out if things don't come along as you expected. As an example, financing. You say subject to obtaining suitable financing, and if you go to the bank and you find out that you can't you can't buy the house because the bank won't give you money, or you find out that you're not qualified, well, that enables you to step away, no obligation. Uh, the deposit is not at stake. If you've paid the deposit, you get it back because the condition was not fulfilled or waived. Uh, Got to say, though, I use that financing one as an, ex as an example. Maybe not the best example because you should be qualified before you even look at houses. 
And that's one of the reasons why we have Denise Webster, because if you're thinking about buying, please, please, please talk to your mortgage broker or your banker first before you even call a realtor. You don't want to go out there getting all excited about something if you can't qualify. That's one example. Another one, and we'll talk we'll be talking about uh, things with Pierre in a moment here, is subject to building inspection. And of course, if you are to discover things or find things about the house that are problematic, it means, like I said, you're not obligated. You can step away from the agreement and uh, choose not to proceed. There's other conditions out there too. You know, review of title. If there are some complicated title extensions there, like uh, covenants, rights of ways, restrictions, uh, liens, any of that stuff, you're going to want to know. You'd get a lawyer or notary to review those. Uh, other ones may include things like insurance. Uh, uh, being able to obtain insurance. Now, this is a bit of an issue. We'll talk with JP about this another time. If it's an older house that has things like sub 100 amp service, asbestos insulation, uh, doesn't have storm drains, has underground oil storage tank, has knob and tube wiring, all of these things can contribute to be it being difficult for you to obtain insurance uh, or make it very expensive for you to obtain insurance. And again, if that happens, you're not obligated, you can step out. Now, the last thing I want to leave with before we take our break right now is conditions are meant to be in good faith. So in other words, it's not there for you to change your mind. If you say subject to financing and then decide that you don't want to proceed and you say, hmm, I think I'm going to use this financing condition as a way out. But if you could obtain the financing, if financing wasn't truly the reason, well, that is not the correct purpose of a subject condition. Right. It is really meant it's it is to be um, best efforts for you as a consumer to meet. If you had second thoughts, folks, you shouldn't be there to begin with. You should not be moving forward with an offer until you're 100 percent certain. You got to think about it. There's a lot of emotions at stake, not just yours, but of the seller as well, too. And if they think they have their house sold only to find out that the buyer changes their mind, that's not fun. All you got to do is think about it if you were in the same position. Not a fun situation. Anyways, uh, with conditions and with all these things, always reach out to your agent. Reach out to me if you want to chat, you want to have a conversation, you're looking for another opinion or whatever. I'm always happy to chat. You know that. All you got to do is reach out to me. I'm happy to talk. Uh, I need to take our breaker. When we come back, we'll be having a conversation with Pierre Beauvais about home inspections. Back in just a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We are recording this episode today, approaching Christmas time. It, uh, it's amazing here, Greater Victoria. We see people posting the fact that there's snow coming in other places in the country. And here we are. Uh, I'm looking out the window right now. Nice sunny day. Getting a little crisp, though. You know, crisp for us Victorians. What is that? That's uh, maybe 10 degrees. <laughs> I think that's the reason why people move here but of course you know one of the things that people uh, do need to be thinking about are things around the home you know uh, there's always changes in the seasons and things that we should be looking out for and the other thing too is the market changes so it might not be a busy real estate market as far as a lot of activity happening but planning is always a good thing and our guest here today is someone that I always like chatting about planning with that of course is our show partner and supporter pierre beauvais he is with silhouette home inspections uh pierre good seeing you tony you as well it's been a yeah. while 
Oh, Love yes. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But hey, you know what? Our listeners are always looking for great information of all things. And of course, who better to speak with than somebody who's out there uh, in the crawl spaces and in the attics and all of that uh, fun stuff. All those nice, fun places. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's got to be fun when the when the ground starts, the ground starts getting damp and stuff and uh, a crawl space is a very different environment uh, with the change in weather and an attic for that uh, um, for that uh, uh, reason as well too. I mean, I guess in the summertime they start becoming like ovens, right? It's a fun job you've got. They do, yeah, and I, and I sense the sarcasm with the wet crawl space there. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is. It is interesting this time of year. Crawl spaces, uh, not all, but some do tend to be a little bit uh, damper, mustier. But you're you're bang on with the attics. Uh, so much nicer to crawl up in an attic um, with these temperatures. Yeah. And, yeah, and 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 going back to this weather, this this November weather we're getting is phenomenal. Like being able to do roof inspections uh, on a dry day at ten degrees, you can't ask for anything better. Hey, you know, I'm glad you bring that up. It's something that I often wonder about in the other provinces or places like you know toronto ontario mm -hmm. when you see mls listings around the winter time and you see a sheet of snow on a roof I, I just i don't know how they can do an assessment of a roof when it's covered in snow of course we don't have that issue here generally speaking right yeah it's right generally speaking you know you kind of get a couple of weeks there where you might get some inspections and obviously it's going to be a limitation if the roof is covered with snow um places like uh back east where they get a lot of snow i, I guess what you could probably do um is you could probably you know look at some of those google uh photos i know sometimes you can you can kind of tell when a roof has been replaced uh you can get different um date stamps from google maps mm -hmm. as far as uh as far as aerial pictures and you can kind of see oh the you know in 2011 the roof was this color and, and, and in 2013 it was this color so you can kind of make it a you know some assessment that between those two dates you'd have in your roof so um and then you kind of go you do some math and here you go you go okay that roof's about 10 years old based mm -hmm. on you know and, and you can do that um as far as getting really close up yeah it gets difficult um and that's where you really have to be particular in the attic and, and really oh yeah seeing uh, from underneath right yeah you can look underneath you can see if there if there is a leak you're going to see wet spots right um yeah. you're going to see uh you're going to see some uh, areas there that and, and there's always vulnerable areas uh, in valleys uh, around pipe stack flashings, around flash, uh, around around skylights, all those areas, um, you can really get a good look in attics. For in most cases, mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. So now it, it's funny. It's funny, you know, talking about Ontario. One of the things that I know a lot of agents do because it's necessary is they will actually speak with their seller who's maybe thinking about selling in the winter time or early in the year, and uh, sort of summer, late summer they they get the head start and they go ahead and they take photos and they prepare so that they're ready for when the seller goes to market because there's nothing worse than having snow on house pictures because it dates the yeah. listing like really quickly right yeah it would for sure that's a great idea actually and that goes to your planning ahead yeah uh, and i mean homes look way much better when there's green grass and flowers than when it's just white <laughs> exactly 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 and yeah. it's funny here too you know because you know when uh we have such a small window of snow yeah. when yeah. you see listings and we do see them every once in a while when i'm doing research and stuff they've got snow on the roof and snow on the outside and yeah. it really tells you you know when that property was there that's right like that. 
the date stamp so you can say okay well that photo was taken two weeks ago because that's when we had snow and and for the limited amount of snow we get yeah it can tell a story for sure so no that's a good that's a good idea that's um yeah it's good to be prepared right take some pictures ahead of time preparation kind of brings us to chatting about you because of course you go you do building inspections or house inspections Mm -hmm. uh you normally of course people think about a house inspection when they have an offer in place so they made an offer they want to buy a house subject to building inspection my goodness it's nice that we're able to do that now because you you remember there is that time there was, there was, and it was for a while there actually, where where buyers just didn't have that uh, that, that time. There was just too too much competition, and they had to go in and may, maybe forego that inspection. So yeah, no, it's different yeah. times for sure. Yeah, buying a million dollar, two million, three million dollar house without having a professional house inspector uh, like you going by. So, uh, anyways, just dialing it back a little bit because we're talking about preparation. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that, um, that I know that you're called in to do every once in a while, and that is doing a pre-listing inspection. So before, because remember I said, getting the photos done beforehand, yeah. how about getting an inspection done beforehand? Now, when people call you up and ask you for that, what, what, what is the, what's the purpose? What, what, uh, what do you think they're, they're hoping to achieve? I think the most the most important thing you're trying to um, achieve is is just get an overall understanding of what the condition of your house is, so that when you do get that offer, you can stand your ground and um, you know you can just you, you know you're it's going to be just a more credible uh, deal and, mm-hmm. and and likely less of a chance to get into renegotiations if you know the product that you're selling. Um, yeah. And you can disclose, right? Like sometimes uh, not every house is perfect. And, and in all likelihood, there's, there could be an issue with the home that you're in. Um, better to disclose it. Always better to disclose it than, than leave it for, for a home inspector. And there's really good home inspectors out here that, um, that will likely find it, right? Like that's just the, what, what's what we do. And so well. um, might as well disclose it. If you're a seller and you know something, yeah. hey, and why and, and but, showcase your house right like a, a pre-list inspection will showcase yeah so so the, you know there's an issue that happens every once in a while because owners don't want to know it's kind of like putting you know putting your head in the sand and you know hoping that that uh, a buyer just comes by and misses stuff or anything uh a ver- very important point you bring up and that is disclosure yeah and you know, if if listeners are wondering, well, you know, if I don't know about something, then I don't have to disclose it. Um, yeah, sure, but if you do know about something, yeah, and if a buyer buys the property under the pretense that everything's fine, this can pose even bigger problems after the fact. Yeah, so, I- so knowing your house, I, I like what you said, knowing what you're selling, right? Yeah, and and I think. When we and we were talking about this, I think a couple of years back, we were talking about how important it is uh, and how how it would be, you know, wise to get a, a pre list inspection. And in and in the environment that we were in back then, it was kind of like, okay, well, in the absence of time, mm-hmm. a buyer could perhaps look over a an inspection and not solely rely on it, but just have a good idea of what that house condition is. And and at that time, pre list inspections made really good sense. But fast forward two years and now we're here, it's it's kind of a, a 180. It's there's so much stock out there. There's so much competition, uh, or not competition, but yes. less competition, but lots of stock. Yeah. So now a seller, I mean, you you know, buyers have choice, right? So 
So why not have an inspection ready so that um, so that that buyer can 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 look at the house and say, okay, well this this I know what the condition of this house, rather than having that home where the owner chose not to disclose, just kind of you know bury their head in the sand, as you say. Mm-hmm. And, so I just want to I just want to yeah. yeah I just want to clarify too. You know what you're saying is there there is. Uh, there's less competition as far as buyers competing for the house, but there is, but there is more competition with sellers because it means if you're selling that there's, there's probably instead of one or two other houses, there's 10 other houses. So that's right. The buyers have much more choice, much more choice. Yeah. Hey, listen, need to take a break though. We're having a chat with Pierre Beauvais from Silhouette Home Inspections. Uh, We'll be back in just a moment. Now the whole home show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show comes to you every week with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, J.P. Sellers, insurance advisor at Westland Insurance, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Silhouette Home Inspections with Pierre Beauvais. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give any of The Whole Home Show team members a call they would love to hear from you. As a reminder, you can find their contact information by visiting cfax1070.com. Look under shows. There you'll find us, the whole home show with me, Tony Joe. All of our contact information is there. Or just reach out to me because I love hearing from our loyal CFAX listeners every week. If you are a podcast listener, you can download all 300 episodes, six, six years worth, 300 episodes by going to iTunes or Google. Uh, they're all there, including things that maybe weren't relevant to you at the time, but are maybe topical for you right now including a conversation we're having right now with our show partner and supporter pierre beauvais with silhouette home inspections Uh, again pierre thanks for joining us today always a pleasure to be here we were talking about pre-inspections before the break and something that you brought up was um you know renegotiation uh i just wanted to sort of cover this one uh again just in case people uh missed it and that is most importantly, what you said, knowing your home and knowing what you're selling, uh, because we have dealt with this many times in past where a buyer comes, makes an offer, is subject to building inspection, and the inspection happens and something comes up. You know, I, we can pick anything, you know, call it uh, a leaky pipe or something like that, yeah. right? Yeah. And then what happens is at that moment in time in the sale process and particularly at the at the point in time where a buyer is making a decision about proceeding, all of a sudden the renegotiation happens, you know, which is fair. It's, I want that fixed, right? Yes, for sure. But what ends up happening sometimes is that there are guesstimates of cost that are way out there. So for instance, something that the owner maybe could have corrected before going to market for a couple hundred dollars, and the buyer right now goes, well, you know, I'm in the driver's seat. So, you know, I'm going to go ahead with a sale, but I want $10,000 off yeah. for this plumbing thing. And I, I think this is an important thing for listeners to know is to have a pre-inspection and to know your house and to be able to address these things beforehand could save you lots of money in the long run, right? It could. It could save you a lot of stress too, just knowing that that offer that you have is is a solid offer and isn't going to go sideways because of something that a home inspector may, may have found. Um, 
let's keep in mind too a home inspection is a visual inspection right yeah, okay. so it's, it's not destructive we're not opening up walls but a lot of the times um if we see evidence of water damage uh, at the best of time we can probe it with a moisture meter or scan it with a infrared scammer um like a thermography camera right you can scan it and, and see and and it really just proves out that there is moisture in the wall but then the always question that, that we'll get from a client is like well how much is it going to cost to fix how bad is it and and we really don't know the extent <laughs> of it and nobody knows the extent of it till you get deeper into it till you do an exploratory access hole and look at it so um I think it would be important if you owned a home and there and you knew of some some water damage. I think it would be I think it would be wise to maybe even go ahead and do that probing beforehand so that you could disclose so that you're not going to potentially scare a buyer when you do get that offer. And I know it may be a hard pill to swallow because nobody wants to know the extent of the damage, but I I don't know. I just feel like it would be better to know ahead of time than after the fact. It's so funny though, you know, it's kind of human nature thinking about the difference in the roles between a buyer and a seller, because Mm -hmm. if the, you know, let's just say if there is something and then a a contractor, a contractor would say, well, it's hard to know because I can't see. So I, you know, I'm going to estimate between 5,000 and 15,000. And it's so funny because the both parties hear it differently because the seller heard 5,000 and then the buyer heard 15,000. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you get that. And I think the, you know, even if you weren't willing to entertain, maybe, you know, having that exposed during the expect during the inspection process, at least be willing to, or expect that you will get that question. Listen, my client is concerned about this. Mm -hmm. um, And, and he's, he may, he or she may be willing or maybe requesting to get that further looked into. So you, you know, you have to, you have to ask yourself, will I get that question and will it hinge on the deal? Because if I don't let them look further into it, I may lose my offer. I may lose that. That deal may go sideways. And, and this is another thing, you know, as, as you brought up earlier about competition and the change in the marketplace, you know, the, the thing is when the market was nuts and people were buying houses without building inspections, like the roof could be leaking and Mm -hmm. they'd still buy it because that's all there was. Right. And we're at the point now where even the smallest thing can really jeopardize a sale. And as a result, it's always best for a seller to have. The- I like when we're representing a buyer who's buying a house, when there is a list of invoices and, you know, itemized things that the seller has taken care of. Um, it actually shows that the owner has taken uh, proactively gone ahead and made sure that everything's fine. And that's, you know, that's a good well, thing. Yeah, it does. It shows pride of ownership for sure. Um but you know, and and some some homeowners um, may not have that list or or those documents available, and that's fine too. Mm-hmm. But um, just being open, I think, in this market, being open to the fact that there, you know, if there's an issue with the house, it all in likelihood will get found by a home inspector. Mm-hmm. Just be ready to to answer that question where. You know, my buyer is interested in in this home. However, you know, we need to know how expensive or how widespread this issue is. And, and so, yeah, there's going to be an, uh, an important questions to be answered, uh, potentially. 
So might as well get that home inspected before it hits market so that you know what you're going to be dealing with. So yeah. that, you know, so that you can get your home sold if you need to get it sold. It always amazes me how homeowners, they are either lacking in records and invoices or they're kind of sporadic. You know, folks, just a note, just a note here, do yourselves a favor and get an actual, get a couple of file folders and <laughs> organize, you know, electrical plumbing, siding, whatever. You know, people are more concerned about getting uh, invoices in history, buying a used car than they are for a house isn't that something hey and yeah. fraction, of the, fraction of the price and, and and it's and it goes back to the discussions we've had in the past about you know you you take your car in for servicing every six months every year albeit uh you know well how many times during the course of your ownership but your house like yeah Oh, hey, actually, I'm, glad, I'm glad you bring that up because as we speak right now uh i have our garage door is being serviced. The guy is just out. I can hear him mucking around right below me here because I'm above the garage. Yeah. And I, I get, I'm on a contract. I have the, the garage door serviced every year. And the reason why we do that is for us in particular, like those doors are going up and down every day. Yeah, well, they get used as front doors a lot of the time. So they uh, and it does for we don't use the front door. It is yeah, a front door. That's uh, right? similar to us. Yeah, and yeah, and nobody knows. Well, a lot of people don't know that that spring, that large spring that you shouldn't be mucking with, because uh, it's super dangerous. That yeah. spring actually has a life expectancy. It has a number of opening and closing. I think it's I think ten thousand opens. You know, and then doubles because it knows that it has to close too. So something like ten or twenty thousand times after that, that spring is going to yeah. be um, weakened. Wow. And break. It's so. funny you bring that up because I have encountered that the spring on mine did break, mm -hmm. and you know it is amazing how heavy that door is without, without the spring, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> so. and, and and just note to all your listeners and anybody else, like do not service your own garage door. No. Those springs are extremely uh, under like extreme tension and could literally injure you to the and yeah. folks just in case you're wondering what the spring is is it's that it's a long rod that runs the width of the the door most of the time and it's just this wound up spring that is there um mm -hmm. but but again just getting back to, to the the what we're talking about here here um just getting these things there are things uh yeah we talked last time about getting storm drains uh cleared out yep. uh talking about um uh, uh getting things like your uh, pilot lights, you know, for your gas fixtures and everything. These things, you know, they go sometimes. But hey, listen, need to take a break. And I am going to have a continuation of this conversation. There's a few more things I got to ask you, Pierre. It's Pierre Beauvais with Silhouette Home Inspections. We'll be back in just a moment. This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We are talking with Pierre Beauvais. He's with Silhouette Home Inspections. Thanks again for coming back. Yeah, thanks, Tony. We, we have a good time here, don't we? We always do. And, you know, yeah. I, I, I was thinking, of, you know, during the break just now, it's like, you know, we do talk a lot about preparation and being ready. And I, I don't think we can talk enough about this because, really, people, you know, homeowners – should really be thinking about the fact that their because their home is their largest investment by and large. Most, yeah. Most yeah, of the time. And yeah. and to to maintain and to keep your home in tip top condition is so important. It never ceases to amaze me when somebody goes about and spends a whole bunch of money doing things just before they sell their house. You know, you can do that beforehand, folks, right? 
you can do that and you can ma maintain things things break down we talked about that just during the break yeah. but most specifically uh again looping back to where we started with talking on this topic Pierre, and that is when you're thinking of listing your house for sale get a pre-inspection pre-listing inspection call pierre call him at silhouette home inspections uh he'll come by and do Happy a, to help. yeah he'll do a full inspection and again why are you doing that because you got to know what you're in for uh, i do find every once in a while that when we have uh, you know we bump into a seller whose house is for sale building inspection gets done something gets uh uh, uh something comes up the one you and i talk about all the time is the uh, ex bathroom exhaust fans, you know, that they often fall off of their mount uh, going through the roof. And it's no longer going through the roof. It's just going into the attic, right? In the attic, yeah. They come apart in the attic. Yeah, but but I guess what I'm saying is uh, it would be handy for a homeowner to know that because what happens during the time of sale, when the inspection happens, the buyer all of a sudden freaks out and says, oh, the house has not been well kept. You know, the seller is... You, you know they're 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 uh, um, they're failing in their capabilities as a home. That's not the truth. It's just that you don't know. I have never been in my attic, right? And yeah. uh, to have someone like you to go up and to notice these things uh, and to get them correct because these are things that are little corrections. They are. They're just the usual little suspects that are just lurking out there. Um, there's so many moving parts uh, and unmoving parts in a home. Um, but there's there's so much uh, preventative maintenance that can be done. And something as simple as just popping your head up in the attic. Uh, and, and if you're not able to get up into your attic, you know, you maybe not comfortable on a ladder, you can't get can't use a ladder. Um, then, yeah, we're out here to help. There's there's people that can just pop up there, have a quick look and, and just make sure that everything looks dry. Everything is connected the way it should be. You know, I was, as you were talking about that, I'm thinking about my attic access, which is this tiny little, it's like, I don't know, like a foot and a half by foot and a half. You and I are about the same size. We're not big people. So uh, I, I don't know how these big guys do that kind of job. Right? Well, yeah, sometimes you can just get your head up there, right? And then, uh, but with technology now, there's these poles. A lot of people have uh, camera oh, sure. poles that you can get in there and have a, have a quick look. Um, but it's yeah, not no, for, it's not for the claustrophobic. No, we I've shimmied up some attics uh, and you kind of, yeah, you wonder how you're going to get back down. Sometimes you kind of, it's always easy to go out, always easy to go in, right? But kind of getting down sometimes it's like, ah. Oh for, oh, for sure, for sure. We well, manage, we manage, it's fun. Um, I did want to cover a couple of things, uh, uh, electrical matters, because I have encountered this recently. Mm -hmm. And rather conveniently, your your background is uh, in electrical. So you're, you're, this is a, this, this is a, this is in your wheelhouse here, right? Oh, yeah, probably 20 plus years as a as an electrician. So yeah, let's, let's go. Yeah, love electrical. So something that has popped up is that, you know, people are moving towards uh, upgrading to, you know, their light bulbs, for instance, from the incandescence to the uh, LEDs for a number of reasons. You know, they're not, they're, they don't run as hot. They're more efficient. They last longer, all that kind of stuff, right, Pierre? All the above. Yeah, that's right. And I don't even think you can buy a 100 watt light bulb anymore anyways. I think they're all uh, LED. Yeah. You can, yeah, you can still buy the... Uh, the I think you can still buy like the sixties, um, but the 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 higher wattage ones I think are all um, LED now. And a, as a reminder to those who are, are, are kind of mine or my older sister's uh, age group, uh, we used to they used to use light bulbs to heat the uh, Easy Bake oven. 
the baking cookies in the easy bake that's right so uh nowadays you don't do that with an led because leds are cooler they last longer whatever now uh they take less draw electrical draw right they do much less all right. Now, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because we are um, uh, we're bumping into situations where there's flickering lights uh, mm-hmm. or sometimes when light switches are off, dimmers are off, the lights stay on because I guess all they need is that little trickle of uh, electricity coming through the, the line. Right. Yeah. OK. OK. So um, it has come up that one of the things that somebody might want to do, and you tell us, uh, is doing things like uh, replacing dimmer switches, which are uh, low low voltage, right? No, not necessarily. I mean, uh, most dimmer switches are going to be line voltage, so 120 volts. Okay. Um, you do have some low voltage light fixtures, um, but most dimmers are going to be line voltage. Um, I'm thinking about the example where you said that the light stays on after yep. the, the, the dimmer switch is turned on. Something going um, on there? Yes, yes, okay. absolutely. Yeah, that okay. is a bit concerning. Um, I would first of all ask, uh, was that an, a dimmer installed by an electric electrician? Yep. Um, flickering lights in an older home, in any house, if your lights are flickering, that can be concerning. Um, but what can, what, what type of light bulb have you got in the fixture where that particular light is flickering? Uh, it could be for a number of reasons. So, um, on one end of the scale, it could be something going on, you know, at the electrical panel, uh, at the breaker at the electrical panel, it could be out in the street. Um, it could just be at the switch. Yep. Certainly something that you want to get an electrician uh, to have a look at uh, without much delay. Yep. Um, but it could be something as simple as a compatibility issue with a light bulb and dimmer. Um, you may have a dimmer that was installed, say, 15 or 20 years ago before LED light bulbs came out. And these modern LED light bulbs uh, are all dimmable, but the older LED light bulbs um, maybe were not and or the dimmers weren't compatible with those led light bulbs so sometimes you get flickering when the dimmers are being used and it's nothing more than just changing out that light bulb or having an electrician change out the dimmer switch it's just so you know it's such a it's, it's such a, a confusing thing now because you know in the old days it's it's you know you pick your light bulb and there nowadays it's the you know warm or the you know uh the daylight and there's uh, you know all the shops have their demonstrators of the different all bulbs. the different color temperatures yeah uh, oh my goodness and, so, and, and and then of course in the incandescent days or even the halogen days it was just that was what you would get you would get that color and that color is in the in the 2700 to 3000 uh color temperature and then now you can get you know yeah the cooler white uh, and you can get up to the 6000 or 6500 k which is the color temperature which is almost like a a, a white blue color right yeah. really and you get a mix matched in houses and it just i don't know um it, it's one of those things yeah there there's so many different bulbs to get out there as well <laughs> okay so uh the but one of the things i did hear you say is Get a professional, get an electrician in, you know, I, for one, I don't touch switches or light fixtures or all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, this is an area that I don't want to be getting it wrong. That's wise, Tony. Yes, I agree. That is very, <laughs> that is very good. 
Yes. Um, know, your, know your comfort level, but more importantly, I mean, it's not going to be a large uh, bill to have an electrician come to your house and change uh, a dimmer switch. And then you just know it's done properly. Something else too is a lot of these um, dimmer switches, I mean, they do require a certain amount of space. Um, they're, they're much larger in the, in, you know, in, in what the person, the portion that you don't see and junction boxes quite often are, are, are just filled and sometimes even overfilled with wiring and wire connectors yeah. and everything else. Yeah. And then you remove that switch that may not have been occupying very much space. And then you have to try and fit in, squeeze in a dimmer switch Well, pushing it in really hard and trying to get it to fit <laughs> and then, and then tighten those screws might not be such a good idea where you can kink wires and, and it can cause overheating. So yeah. uh, best to have an electrician just, um, you know, get in there and, and make sure that it, especially these older fit. houses, like these 50 oh, houses, yeah. the, the boxes are, are tiny, right? Absolutely. The, the minuscule. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Mm. So, uh, I, you know, for me, and I'm sure it is for you, one of my pet peeves is when somebody has shoved a switch into the box mm -hmm. and then they put the plate on, but the switch is, it's, it's like angled. It's not flat or straight because that, that or, or like what we used to say, it just looks pregnant, right? Like it's oh. bowing out, it's bowing out and, and it, that's not a good thing because, and dimmers do get warm. So no, yeah, it can be a fire hazard. for sure. Yeah. Let's not play with electrical folks. Make sure no. that you get a uh, licensed uh, electrician in and, uh, and yeah. having a look at that. And again, this is something that, you don't want to play with, you know, that, uh, I don't even want to, uh, uh talk about, uh, uh, um, uh, bad stories and stuff, but I'm sure as an electrical contractor in your past, uh, days, people get injured playing with electricity, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have never heard of anybody, thankfully, uh, get electrocuted to the, you know, get, um, get killed. And that's, I guess that would be a, Awful to hear, um, but no, um, getting getting shocked is is common, right? And, and electrocution can, depending on how the shock, it, it can, yeah, it can injure you yeah. severely. Yeah, so, no, that's not for me. That's not for me. <laughs> no, yes. no. Yes. So, uh, uh, and the last thing I want to touch on uh, before we uh, sign off for the day is uh, G GFCI's ground fault, hmm. uh, ground fault uh, circuit interrupters. Yes. So those are the things, folks, that you see in your bathroom. Typically, uh, it's in outlets that are what is it again? It's three feet from a water source or something like that, right? Three feet, yeah, one meter, uh, uh, within one and a half meters actually of any sink, any yep. um, any basin they call it in the electrical code, um, needs to be protected, and and also any uh, any receptacle that's going to be on the exterior of your home. So anything that's over the seven foot mark in your in the exterior doesn't need to be okay but any any low uh any low receptacle outside uh needs to be protected as well and okay. kitchens and kitchens now as yeah. well as bathrooms uh there's a whole array they, they the code is ever changing and so for for the good for safety and these are the switches that folks are familiar with they have a uh they've got a switch like a test switch on them Test and, and reset button usually they have, yes. Test and reset. However, I find that people don't often test and reset their GFCIs. 
you and me both, Tony, a lot of people don't. <laughs> uh, they work and people just assume that the circuitry inside is always uh, functioning properly. And so, uh, you know, you plug it, you're plugging a light in or you're plugging a vacuum cleaner in or whatever it is that you're plugging in, and it works. And so you just assume that you're protected, but um, that may not be the case. You, you don't want to be using a receptacle yeah. uh, that's not uh, protected. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, thank you, Pierre. As always, great having here is Pierre Beauvais from Silhouette Home Inspections. You can find his contact information on the CFAX website, uh, or of course, just reach out to us, go online and visit. Thanks for joining us, Pierre. Thanks so much, Tony. Great. Thanks. And uh, to our listeners, we'll be here for you this time next week.